0: well here we go one more time this is paul berry with mr appliance and welcome to your house your home which is our attempt to give you ideas and information about how to turn a house into your home and uh pretty much everything that we talk about on here is free formatted we don't have any sponsors no one has offered to give us a million dollars yet I keep asking for those people out there. If you've got a million dollars, you know, please come forward, and we'll be happy to let you sponsor our podcast here. But with that, I would like to say hello to my two coh- cohorts in crime, and I'm going to mix it up a little bit. I'm going to say hi to Katie first. Katie Ross with Remax Associates. How are you today?
1: I'm great, Paul. Thanks so much.
0: Tracy Wiggins with Animal Real Pro Inspections. How are you today?
2: I'm fantastic.
0: Awesome, awesome. It's it's a beautiful day somewhere, not here in South Texas today. It's kind of cloudy, overcast, kind of yuck out, uh, but uh, we've had some beautiful weather otherwise. So uh, glad to have everybody listening. Uh, I'll start out by saying if you've got any information or ideas or feedback or anything that you want to let us know about, uh, Ideas for Future Podcasts, Please uh, give us an email at the number four, your house, your home at gmail.com. Again, that's four, your house, your home at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. So, with that, today's podcast is going to be a little off of norm. Uh, we do not have a guest in the room per se, but we do have a subject matter expert. And in this particular case, it's going to be Katie Ross. Uh, She is going to be, we are going to be talking about the real estate market and the condition of that real estate uh, market, not only here in Texas, but across uh, the United States. So, hopefully, if we've got some listeners out there that aren't necessarily from Texas, this will apply to you as well. So, with that, let's let's get into it.
2: Woo! Bring on Katie. Look at me.
1: The crowd goes wild. Yeah,
0: we're glad to have you here. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, San Antonio Board of Realtors this past week put on their annual housing forecast. So while Paul gives you the weather forecast, I'm going to give you the national housing forecast for this year. Uh, We were lucky enough to have Dr. Lawrence Yoon, who is the senior economist from the National Association of Realtors. So we got a good glimpse of our national market, what to expect, how COVID is affecting our markets and also, um, you know, what the trends are and what we what we can expect coming up from 2021 and into the future.
0: And this is kind of more from a financial standpoint as opposed to a architectural or, or trending standpoint, Correct.
1: right? Correct, right, yeah, this is all economics. This is, um, in addition to Dr. Lawrence Yoon, we had Dr. Jim Gaines from uh, Texas uh, Real Estate Center and he was giving the Texas version of what Dr. Yoon gave on a national version. And, of course, politics plays into our housing market. Uh, we're not going to get into the politics of it, but there are some very significant uh, bills that have been passed this year to help with our housing market because of COVID and eviction moratoriums, assistance with payments, um, you know, not being able to be foreclosed on, Uh, forbearance being a option for people so there are some very significant things that our policymakers have achieved or accomplished this year in relation to COVID that any other year that those things were not available or were not options.
0: Well, and, uh, I'm going to jump here and jump in here and say that it's been interesting to me here in San Antonio area, uh, which is, uh, the extent of my, uh, where I see stuff or hear stuff or read stuff. Uh, but that our real estate market here, even through COVID, has remained very strong. Uh, You know, you know, Katie, I see you in several different situations during the course of the week. And one of them we've talked about before is our networking group on Wednesday mornings. And you basically have been saying for the last several years, hey, I need I need more houses to sell. I have buyers, but I don't have any houses, uh, you know, that are out there. I need more houses. And so it's amazed me that that message has not changed even with the influx of the COVID situation kind of across Texas and across the country and across the world?
1: So because of interest rates where they are, money's basically free. I mean, it's very, very cheap to borrow money. So that's helping to drive the demand in our economy, but we're not seeing the supply. We've had 13 consecutive years where builders have not supplied enough new properties to keep up with, the growth of our nation as well as to keep up with the homes that are dilapidated, that are being knocked down, those kinds of things. So we get 2 million new people in the country every year. We're not building enough as those people grow and become part of our market. We've 13 years now been
2: negative on in the inventory appreciate or addition, I guess. Oh. And that's across the nation, not yeah. just in San Antonio.
1: Right, wow. right.
2: So um, if you're thinking about it, we're having a
1: hard time keeping up because interest rates have been so low. And then on top of that, we also are not building enough. And to add to that, cost of construction has gone up as well. So
0: That is one thing that I have heard is is that due to COVID, Uh, material costs have gone up uh, and I don't really know the the reasons why but I have heard that and then another question that I have is this this information is kind of based on the housing market but I know here in San Antonio and other locations you know other cities kind of around here apartments are being built by the bazillions it seems like uh, I know on my drive going home, I'm going by a complex that's being built that uh, when it's done, it's going to have to have at least 500 apartments in it. It is it is huge. And so I guess uh, that is the, the building of apartments is happening because people can't find a house and they have to live somewhere. So while they try and find a house, they're opting to move into an apartment until they can find the house. Am am I correct or am I incorrect in that?
1: That's part of it. But the multifamily unit, which is what apartments are multifamily units has also been for more than 13 years, not supplying enough inventory. And so they're behind as far as what's available as well. So add to that people who are selling their house quickly and not being able to find a house, increased demand on rental units as well. It's kind of like the perfect storm.
0: Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, I I see building apartment complexes being built around San Antonio. But as I said, this one uh, that I go by every day on the way home, it's just crazy. Massive. Yeah, how big it is, number one. Number two is how quickly it's going up. I mean, I'm sure there's still months, you know, several more months of construction But from a layman's uh, viewpoint of just driving down the street every day, looking over, it's amazing how much it changes every week. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be several more months, but I would think the way it's going now, probably July, August is they're going to, you know, there's going to be people living in there by then. So it's just crazy. So, uh, you know, housing, it's, itself i know that in in the neighborhood where i live um not anywhere near as nice as the multi-million dollar home that uh tracy lives in of course but uh in, in the neighborhood that i live in uh there are a few lots left to build on uh but most of those are owned and or are being built on or if they're not being built on Uh, the lot next to me is not being built on, but that's because it's owned by another homeowner who is purposely leaving it, not, uh, built on, uh, they like having that extra buffer. So, uh, you know, it it seems that, you know, and, and I guess, I don't know, some of the market is moving further out. Uh, and just a quick question how much uh, is is there much redevelopment going on downtown San Antonio to draw the people back to town?
1: So it's funny that you you asked that question because honestly there was a tremendous demand pre-COVID for interior central city living. Closer to your job, closer to some of the arts, some of the recreation, some of the other things that people may want to walk to. Um, But... Because people are now working from home and may not go back to the office, uh, which is affecting our commercial real estate, Um, people are now choosing to work from where they're most comfortable. So luxury markets or vacation home markets or second home markets are seeing a huge influx because if you can do your job from anywhere, why not do it from the beach? Why not do it from the lake? Why not do it from wherever you can?
0: Yeah, I believe we've talked about this before, that my wife is now basically a home-based uh, employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, she'll be working out, you know, of the house. And so I totally agree with you in that aspect of like, well, if I'm working out of the house, uh, does it matter where the house is located? Right. You know, so um, the other interesting thing that I think is uh, has come up in my life, and that is, uh, right. as you all know, my daughter, I talk about her all the time, and she is going to be uh she is going to be moving uh to a, another uh hospital at some point she's a doctor and uh when she makes the move it's been interesting before when she owned a home she was probably a 15 to 30 minute drive away from the hospital depending on traffic then when she sold her home uh, for her last year, uh, she decided to get an apartment and there was a real nice apartment complex, literally kind of kitty corner across an intersection from the hospital. Well, she's gotten spoiled (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, she keeps telling Pam and I that, you know, well, wherever I end up, you know, I really don't want to be very far away from the hospital. I like, I mean, she walks to work right. in some cases, unless it's too cold or rainy or too hot or whatever, but uh, she can literally walk to work. I'm not sure very many people can say that, but that then brings in, you know, when she moves to wherever she's going to move to, uh, you know, that's kind of is a caveat of what she's going to end up buying or renting or whatever the case may be is it's going to have to be pretty darn close to the hospital where she's at. Cause that's the lifestyle that she's just kind of become accustomed to and really enjoys.
1: Right. But that also begs the discussion of what's her choices of supply going to be at that point, because her sphere is going to be very small. So she's only going to have a total number of X houses and to choose those from. X houses, there's only going to be X minus however many that are on the market.
0: Yeah. So w- within this radius of, I don't want to be any further than five miles away or right. whatever the case may be that she can be to the hospital within 10 minutes or whatever. Correct. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's really interesting. And uh, she is not looking at, or at least that I know of, she's not looking at moving to parts of the country that are... Some areas are the the housing market is very depressed and other places it's like she couldn't afford it uh, because she wants more than, you know, 250 square feet to live in and not have to pay, you know, $500,000 for 250 square feet, right. i.e. California, i.e. San Francisco and some of those areas. Uh, but then, you know, so I mean, to me, those or that criteria of how much is your budget, you know, also kind of comes into play.
1: Sure. And then the criteria becomes, is proximity to work more important or is size of the house more important, price of the house more important? What's your A number one choice? Because you may not get it all, you know. She might have to make some decisions at that point.
0: Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the housing market and what, what is available and what isn't available, and do they – just out of curiosity, do they offer any trends of like there's X number of homes or a percentage of homes that are like more than 20 years old and some that are 10 to 20 and 0 to 10? I mean, I'm assuming they track that kind of stuff.
1: They track everything, <laughs> everything, under the sun, everything. Um, but what I will say is what we mainly look at is a how high is our absorption rate. So last month... In San Antonio, just for an example, there was 4,400 homes that were sold. We currently only have, in San Antonio proper, 2,400 homes available in all price ranges, in San Antonio city limits. So we don't have one month of inventory if you look at it that way. Now, if you expand to our metropolitan area, there's 4,600 homes. Okay, we have one month of inventory at that point. It's yeah. it's not evening out. It's not getting better. We're actually absorbing more than we're putting on the market.
0: So we're yeah. actually in a negative, Correct. I guess. Is, we're still
1: going down in inventory.
0: Okay. And is that here in Texas or is that kind of a nationwide trend?
1: That's a nationwide trend.
0: That, that's and a,
1: keep in mind, markets are different. So if you don't have a current realtor in your area, I would love to refer you to a realtor who can give you accurate information for your market. This is my explanation of San Antonio's market.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that's very, uh, I I mean, uh, what's the saying in real estate location, location, location Absolutely. is that it's going to be different depending on what part of the country you live in. And even uh, internationally, Uh, some of the places that, you know, maybe you want to, you know, I've, I've got some friends from years ago when I lived in Houston, that their plan when they retired was they were moving to Mexico right. and you know, they were going to take the assets that they, they owned here in the United States. They were going to sell them, take their retirement and everything. And they felt that they could purchase a home and they were planning on purchasing a home either at retirement or before retirement to be able to enjoy it more, but that they were actually going to move to another country in this case, Mexico. But there's other options for people. I know that, uh, you know that you can look for houses in just about any country in the world and you know you can buy i mean there's shows on tv about you know where people go and they find all these beautiful exotic places where oh yeah you know i'm just gonna buy a house here on the beach and okay well what's your budget well i really don't have a good job so my budget is two million dollars right you know it's i like, understand that feeling
2: yeah. yeah i do it all the time <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I kind of, you know, also
1: underwater basket weavers is their main job. Yeah, you know? yeah,
0: exactly. Let's it,
1: say what what you see on TV is not necessarily real. That's
0: reality is not reality. It's shocking. No. I know. <laughs> shocking. But, uh, you know, it, it is interesting to me, you know, the differences in the home, uh, what you can get uh, and, you know, for the value and price, uh, you know, of money. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more kind of about the, this, uh, this information. And that is, what do you think the trend is going to be going forward in the next, you know, 12, 18, 24 months about, uh, uh, uh interest rates? Are they going to?
1: So until we start to see inflation, we will probably continue to see interest rates stay where they are. We will start to see inflation because the Fed's printing money to make up for the deficit. So basically they're buying the deficit by printing paper. So in the next three to five years, maybe, who knows when, but we're going to start to see some inflation. We have very minimal inflation at this point, but when that starts to happen is when you're going to start to see interest rates go up.
0: Okay. And uh, I mean, we've talked about this also in previous podcasts too, but interest rates today are just, you know, extremely low. And I mean, I can remember, uh, I think it was the second house that I bought in my lifetime or whatever, but the interest rates were double digits right and uh you know so thinking back then that it was like i don't know a fourteen and a half percent interest rate or something, and this is still when I was pretty naive about real estate and buying houses and still learning and I mean equate that now to you know you can get something for probably what three four percent now
1: under four for sure under four mostly yeah. under three.
0: Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that, that to me is just amazing. And it's kind of like, why wouldn't somebody want to buy a house? Right. You know, I mean, you know, you can spend a thousand dollars a month at an apartment complex, or you can spend $1,200 a month and have your own house that's appreciating and that you're making money on.
2: Right. You could find that house. building the, <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's part of it is hire a professional who can help you get through the multiple offer situation. If that's the market that you're in, in the area that you're in, It takes finesse. It takes knowledge. It takes experience to be able to be successful in getting you into a house.
0: And, you know, what are, what were some of the other trends that they talked about?
1: Well, employment, right? So, or lack
0: of, in some people's case.
1: Right. So, um, we lost 20 million jobs in April of 2020.
0: That's just unfathomable.
1: Right. That makes you stop and pause. 20 million people lost their job in April of 2020. That is basically like losing 10 years of job creation in one month.
0: That's staggering. Mm
1: -hmm. 10 years of new businesses opening, people expanding their business, people growing and being successful. We lost in April of 2020. So we need roughly 10 million more people to be back to work, to be pre-pandemic job peak. So we're doing a, a good job. But we're not there. We're not there yet. So there's still um, an exorbitant number of people that are unemployed from the pandemic. Um, Our Texas market is outperforming the country in job creation, but we're still down. So there's two states right now that are back to pre-pandemic levels of job creation, and that is, I'm going to let you guess. What do you think that is?
0: California? Nope. I'm sorry, ask the question again?
1: There's two states in our country that are back to pre-pandemic job levels. They've rehired. They've
0: rehired. Florida?
1: Nope.
2: North Dakota and South Dakota. (laughs) Just kidding.
1: Idaho and Utah. (laughs) Stop. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's uh, that's... that's.
1: I thought that was super interesting. I don't know what the draw is to Idaho and Utah, honestly. Um, They didn't get into that, but... I thought that was very interesting, Idaho and Utah.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that makes a person kind of pause like me and go, hmm. What is it I, about those yeah, areas? Yeah, what is it about yeah. those areas? And, uh, you know, the other question that I might have or, or the, the benchmark to that might be is that, well, they were also the two states that lost the fewest. And I'm, I'm, I'm making that up. I'm not saying that's fact. I'm just saying. Well, if they only lost a million jobs, then a million jobs is a whole lot easier to try and make up than if you had 20 million,
1: you know, to make up. Right. But I also think they're having an influx of people moving to their states. Mm -hmm. And so that's helping with job creation from new construction, you know, all the things that people are moving there for, whether that is moving with the company that they're currently with and being able to purchase, Mm -hmm. who knows? But um, they are definitely net positive for
2: people moving. Interesting. What other little nuggets did you learn? <laughs> I got all sorts of. I can't nuts. wait. I'm <laughs> sitting on the edge of my seat because that was cool. that one was really interesting. That, that one was like a I know that threw me for a loop. Yeah, yeah, I figured I could throw you off for a few <laughs> loops
1: today. Um, so there's a increase of twenty percent in mortgage applications. So, lots of buyers are in the market and. Part of the reason is people who are still gainfully employed that feel comfortable about their employment may have the ability to work from home, so they may have the ability to move closer to family or closer to where their retirement home will be or closer to what they want to envision as their life now. They may have that ability. Um, They also want to take advantage of the interest rates. So where they may be paying what used to be considered really high, 4.5%, yeah, four and 5%, that might be considered astronomical now compared to what they can get on a house that they really want to be in. So it's more affordable for them because of the interest rates. Um, what else? The housing sector is obviously very sensitive to the mortgage rate increase. So once we get to the point of seeing inflation, is when we'll probably start to see our market slow down. We've had 128 straight months of positive growth. 128 straight months. That's a lot. So um, that's an exorbitant amount of time. Um, Our days on the market has decreased. Um, More people are spending money on home improvement now. Why is that? Well, A, they're spending more time at home. Yeah. So they're nitpicking everything in their own house. B, they may be getting ready to sell. So they're looking at what is the market going to be looking at? What is the inspector going to be looking at? Right, Trace? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, right now, nationally, two months supply of inventory.
0: Okay, so, th- yeah. yeah, That I mean, that's crazy. And then is there a breakdown of like how much of that is brand new builds as opposed to existing
1: um, I have a chart for that. I don't have it with me, but yes, there is.
0: So so is it mostly houses that are already built as, I mean, wh- which one's the majority, new homes or existing homes? No, existing homes is the majority. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I was hearing something the other day. I was at a lunch um, with a few agents and they were talking about, one of them actually worked for a builder and they were talking about like. Houses now are taking almost double the time to build. Did they mention anything about that because of the, you know, it's Availability of materials. Yes, because of the materials. Right.
1: So if you think about the forest fires we've had, that takes out lumber. So it takes longer for us because there's not as much supply of lumber. There's also a tariff on Canadian lumber. So if we could get rid of that tariff and start bringing in more lumber, that would help. Um... You know, there's there's all sorts of factors, appliances, because they shut down all the factories. They didn't have the parts made that they didn't have the ability to ship out appliances. So there's still sometimes weeks or months delay on getting appliances in new homes.
0: And folks, you heard that from Katie. There was no (laughs) input from me on that. And I will absolutely back her up on that. Is that, uh, you know, as I tell people all the time in my business with Mr. Appliance, our core business is to, you know, repair residential appliances. And I've always told people that our main competition is not other uh, repair companies. It's a new appliance. And we have definitely seen a change here in the last six to eight months of, where people will tell us, well, no, I think I'll just go ahead and buy a new one. And we get a call back a week later going, well, they told me it was going to be four months before I would be able to have the one I wanted. So I'm just going to go ahead. You know, we do want to go ahead and have this one fixed. And so are there still refrigerators or washers and dryers available? Yes. right. But if you want a specific color model, uh you know, things that it does, you know, features, functionality. If you've got in mind, well, I, you know, my favorite go-to is that if you want your refrigerator to uh, give you a breakfast taco out of the door, uh, you know, then that one's probably going to be a little bit harder to come by than if you just want a, you know, top freezer, basic refrigerator with no ice or water or tacos in the door (laughs) and it's in white you know, uh, those are still, you know, readily available, but, uh, you know,
1: people buy appliances without tacos in the door. Uh, you know, know I don't, (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's, you know, it's so much fun with that one because, you know, it's such a great representation of, you know, feature functionality. You know, I tell people all the time, don't buy based on brand, you know, buy based on the features and services that you want. So, but getting back to the point, the other thing is, is, uh, you know, my trucks are lacking parts. Uh, they're on order, right? But they're back ordered. And, and I was just talking to somebody today about this. Is that it's not the kind of wacko weirdo you'd only use that part once in twelve months. This is some of the standard everyday stuff that you would think. Well, my goodness, the, you know, didn't the, you know they've got to have had the pipeline knowing that they were going to need these parts, and yet we can't get them. Right. So. It's, you know, appliances, you know, building, um, uh, I would assume maybe some of the electrical, uh, right you know, material that right. you need to build. My and, husband
1: uses a particular flat panel light. He's an electrical contractor. He uses a particular flat panel light in a lot of garages or stuff like that. Home Depot told him, don't plan on buying these in 2021. Wow. We're not getting them. They're not coming. We're not ordering them because they're not even available find something else. Wow. So it's... And then I,
0: I have no idea. The, the other thing, too, is concrete. Right. I, I know... Uh, I don't know. One time somebody was telling me about concrete and how much concrete is used, you know, uh, in a city, in a state, in, across the nation, you know, for building foundations, driveways, sidewalks, you know, buildings. And it was just astronomical. And it was like, wow, you know, that that's another material uh, that, you know, if you start losing the ability to obtain it you know if you can't pour a foundation you can't build a house
1: correct right and you're not building on sand that doesn't work very well
0: yeah yeah so uh i mean are there particular areas of the country that are not having a good time (laughs) uh
1: so there are some areas that aren't as low on inventory and aren't as high on demand so they're a little more balanced um, I would venture to say that there's some areas, just because of friends that I know of in other markets, that aren't seeing a seller's market. They may still be in a buyer's market, very slightly buyer's market, but still in a buyer's market. Um, but the vast majority are seeing low inventory, high demand.
0: Wow, and I, I've you know I'm I was born and well I wasn't born, but raised. I got here as soon as i could one of those texans so i've been in south texas most of my life and uh i just find it so uh foreign to my way of thinking about owning a home and dealing with a house as opposed there's a mr appliance uh that works in manhattan Mm -hmm. and he basically his service area you know here i've got you know square miles you know zip codes he has like several blocks right? and yet he's got thousands and thousands of customers because of the residential buildings that, you know, they're they're their homes, but they're, you know, they're buying them in, you know, I don't want to say apartments cause they're not, they're their home, but they go vertical, right. <laughs> you know, right. they go up, they don't go out. And so, you know, they have beautiful homes, you know, three, four bedroom homes, but they're not. A home that I've
1: they're not freestanding, they're not single family dwellings, they are yeah, high-rise living.
0: And so I often wonder how if life had taken me another direction and I had gone to, you know, New York City or some other city that had that, you know, how would I have done in that type of a situation?
2: Have you um seen or did they talk about any other trend like how houses are gonna be built? Like Smaller, bigger, you know, what are have they did they talk about anything? So like they
1: that? didn't necessarily cover that though um another real estate ty- type type event? <laughs> no, well it was another uh, presenter, I guess, in another forum was saying that he felt the open concept may go away, that more defined spaces as they were back when, you know, sixties, seventies, eighties where you had a defined space for your living room, a defined space for your dining room, a defined space for your kitchen where you didn't have the open concept of the kitchen looking over family room and dining room. He felt like that might be a trend that comes because people are working from home and they have kids who are also schooling from home. And so to be able to do Zoom meetings, you need walls, you need doors, you need privacy, you need to be able to shut yourself off. Um, Come
0: and, enjoy our COVID design features. <laughs>
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. So he's felt like possibly um, more at home office space, possibly two offices if both parents are working from home. Well, and and
0: if kids are home, Correct. you know, schooling, you right. know, having the ability to do that. Uh, I mean, I'm still kind of uh, amazed at the, you know, that kids are staying home, uh, whatever age. Right. And uh, I mean, I just, I look back and with, uh, with our daughter is, you know, looking back if she had, if this had come up when she was young and how would we have dealt with that and, you know, having her home and, you know, th- thank goodness for internet development
1: right? Right.
0: <laughs> because can well, you, and,
1: and that's part of the disparity is not everybody has wifi. Not everybody has access to electronics. Not everybody has computers for every child in their home. And so that's part of the disparity and part of the way that we need to figure out how to keep kids involved and engaged and plugged in if they don't. Because I was watching a news segment and they had three children and they had two laptops. Or they had a laptop, an iPad, and a phone. Well, the youngest one got the phone to do all of his schoolwork on. Well, you're looking at a little three by four screen or whatever the size is. That makes it much more difficult than the sixth grader who's doing it on the laptop. And yeah. yes, they can share, but they're still trying to go to school all at the same time. And it's a struggle, right? Yeah.
0: And so what are some of the economic uh, instances or, or ideas of going into some of the more, the, the city that comes to mind for me, and I don't know, Detroit may be, you know, actually coming out of it but I know that for a while Detroit was the one that was kind of the poster child of real estate that nobody wanted and uh, so how how do people governments uh, municipalities per se how do they fix that you know how do they go in and uh, get areas or get people to want to move to their cities and invest in in redevelopment I know here in San Antonio the redevelopment has been there has has happened but it's been more around old like warehouses and and office buildings not necessarily uh neighborhoods that have you know for 20 years been uh dilapidated for back of a letter back excuse me Lack. lack of a better term
1: well I think it's all driven by the economy of jobs correct right so if you don't have job creation you don't have the ability for people to pay for those homes. So I think San Antonio has done a very good job. Our uh, economic development foundation has done a fantastic job of getting corporations to move their headquarters here. So if you are positively growing your job base, you're positively growing your housing base. You're growing the number of people. You're growing your tax base. You're doing a good job of moving forward. So in my mind part of the solution in Detroit is how do you incentivize companies to move there
0: or expand or, expand. or hire right. you know, more? Yeah. Right.
1: So, um, you know, I think COVID is different than what Detroit went through, but I think speaking of the here and now, the ways that we get out of this is you control the virus, right? So we have to get the vaccinations. We have to get herd immunity. We have to control the virus, whatever that looks like. It's probably not going to go away. So we have to figure out what we were talking about earlier. How do we live with it? How do we continue to live with and be safe with what's out there? Uh, we have to reemploy people. So job growth, new jobs, whatever that looks like. Uh, building small companies to and hire more people than they currently have. That's what we have to focus on. Um, increase consumer and business spending, which is part of what the stimulus packages are for is to try and get more money out into the economy. So you get more money out into the economy, you're creating job growth because you're going to have to have more people servicing the people who are spending the money. Um, we have to have more global trade. Right now, we have imports are up and exports are down. That's, that's not a good trend for us to, to recover. Um, inflation is not a concern right now, but it will be. So we have to keep an eye on inflation, make sure that we're keeping that in check. Um, interest rates, keep them low. So that encourages people to get into the housing market. Absolutely. Um, which also creates jobs, right? So all of the construction workers, all of the service workers, all of the people that are involved in the housing market. Um, and then taxing and spending at all levels is going to be difficult because the fed, the state, local, you can expect them all to increase. So that's going to be something that needs to be balanced for us to be able to get out of this and to be able to move forward?
0: Well, I I think this is, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting timeframe. Uh, I'll be interested a year from now when we do this next year, uh, (laughs) since we're having a change in, you know, leadership in Washington, uh, we're having changes, uh, you know, due to COVID, uh, a lot of pieces, you know, that are happening right now. So it'll be interesting to see what the status of real estate is when we do our podcast in season two, uh, of, you know, talking about this same thing. So, uh, with that, I'm going to say, you know, thank you to Katie and, you know, thank you for all of your expertise and everything that you bring, uh,
1: and I'm going to say thank you to the San Antonio Board of Realtors for providing that information to me.
0: Absolutely. I know that here in San Antonio, that is absolutely a big event. And usually it's an in-person event, but because of COVID this year, it was a virtual event. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I know that, uh, you know, cause I have multiple friends in the real estate world and mortgage lending and all that goes along with that. And they always look forward to that. And that is a very well attended function because everybody wants to know, you know, how real estate is doing in San Antonio and South Texas. So, uh, you know, thanks again for bringing your expertise. If somebody wants to talk to you about that or more, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Uh, You can always call me on my cell phone. It's 210-685-8568.
0: And for our international uh, uh, listeners, don't call collect.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Dial 01 before you dial. (laughs) And
0: if they wanted to email you?
1: Uh, Katie, K-A-T-I-E at poweroffamily.com.
0: That's awesome. And again, thank you so much for bringing your expertise to today's.
2: Yeah, I loved it. All yeah. well, those nuggets.
0: Yeah, nuggets, great nuggets of information and uh again, it all has to do with, you know, homes and how to, you know, turn a house into a home. How to you know protect that home? How to know how to invest in that home, et cetera, et cetera. So, anything else from you, Tracy? Before we go, no,
2: that's it. I was it was great. It was a lot of great information. So, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. All
0: right. Well, with that, we're going to end today's podcast. As always, thank you uh, to both of my uh, co-hosts here, um, Katie Ross with Remax Associates, and Tracy Williams with Alamo Real Pro Inspection. So. Uh, thank you both for being here. Uh, we've got some good podcasts lined up. We've got some great guests coming. Uh, but again, if you have anything that you want us to look at, reach out to us. Our email address is the number four, your house, your home at gmail.com. For your house, your home at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Tell your friends to download the podcast and uh, let's make your house, your home, uh, our listeners grow. So with that, we will say thank you and we look forward to our next podcast.
2: Bye, everyone. Bye.